GodzillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Diamond Nine. GameZilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, producer, the Deadite Knight. Yeah! The Deadite Knight! Yeah, I'm here seeing Creed. He's the Deadite Knight! Mom's a water over here. <laughs> Alright, and before we get uh, copyright slapped there, we have episode 270 of the GameZilla Podcast. It's a big one. Brought to you by... You. And by you, I mean our supporters on Patreon. I want you to become one. Go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media and start your patronage today. And hey, guess what? It's as low as just $1 per month will get you uh, the ability to vote on our Patreon poll topic of the week here on the GameZilla Podcast. And if, hey, if you go to the $5 five level, guess what? That's exclusive content that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else like the Patreon GameZilla pre-show. You can listen to uh, whatever Grim and I have queued up as some extra extra content for the week. That's Absolutely. available for you there. But then also, uh, you know, as you may know from listening to GameZilla, we have uh, a whole network of shows like The Legend of Retro, Noiseland Arcade, Last Action Podcast, Noobs and Dragons. We got a bunch. And uh, there's exclusive content from those shows as well. well like Smartline, it's a more focused uh, show for the Simpsons podcast, Noiseland Arcade, they, uh, Craig WK and Sean the Arcade Phantom talk about uh, their feelings on the character Dr. Marvin Monroe. Nice. So if you're a Simpsons fan... They're breaking down characters. They're breaking down like characters. That. We also have exclusive stuff from Last Action Podcast, Legend of Retro. So make sure that you become a patron today. It means a lot to us. Behind the DM screen. Let's not forget that oh, one. Is it, now, am I correct that there's a preview of what is to come what for is season two of Noobs and Dragons? The future of Noobs and Dragons. It's only available to our patrons at the $5 exclusive content level, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. If you like this show, it is in your hands. You have the power to continue to keep GameZilla Media thriving and alive with your financial contributions. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Go there today and start your patronage. So before we get into our first segment, I'll let you queue everything up and get ready, but I'm going to do something new that De the Deadite doesn't even know about. I'm going to do this every week as long as in our Discord, and you can join the Discord for free, GameZillaMedia.com, right on that homepage, you click the Discord button, it's free. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. But there is a channel in there that's called Gaming Deals that we share all sorts of things that we find so that everybody can just get in on the good deal. Well, there's a couple going on right now that I just wanted to make sure people were aware of, and I'm just looking, yeah, we still got time. So I'm going to say that right now on Amazon Prime, you can get on there and there's a select games that you can get if you are a Twitch Prime member. If you are an Amazon Prime member, guess what? You're a Twitch Prime member. You just got to set it up. But if you are, you can get a game for 15 bucks. There's a couple game options for you. I think it's something like Starlink for the Switch, Fallout 76, Gears of War 4, or The Last of Us Remastered. Any of those games are going to run you 15 bucks. Then you buy that. Seven days later, Amazon's going to give you a $15 credit 
right on the, right on their right on their store, which means you just got that game for free. So for there you free. go. That's did, one big deal for you. I got my Starlink. It, it showed up in the mail yesterday. Yeah, and I'm I think gonna, we paid eighty nine cents for it. I think when it was all said and done, when you factor in the tax, it's like nothing. So I'll be yeah. playing some Starlink as Star Fox later tonight. Yeah, and then secondly, just so if we have any Xbox fans out there, the one dollar Xbox Game Pass Ultimate deal is back. So you can right now convert your Xbox Live into Xbox Live. Uh, sorry, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. If you don't know what that is, it is they're they're taking Xbox Live and they're taking the Game Pass and they're they're combining it. The Ultimate Edition also includes the Game Pass for the PC. You get all of it. It's normally $15, $15 a month. But here's the trick. If you go out and buy the Xbox Live, or let's just say you have two years of Xbox Live already, like I did, you convert that into two years of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for a dollar. So now I do not have to pay my $15 a month for 24 months. So it's a pretty good deal. If you haven't converted already, I know a lot of people did back at E3 when they first threw the promo. They took the promo away a little bit. It is back now. So here's your chance if you missed it. And the Xbox deal is live once again. Those are the gaming deals this week. Uh, again, if you have a gaming deal, share it in the Discord. Maybe it'll be good enough that it'll make it on this podcast next week. All right. We got some news to get into. I know Dead Eye's playing with his phone. so I was honestly trying to figure out how to... Set up my uh, subscription, oh. my free Prime, because I just set up Twitch Prime like yesterday. So, two days oh, ago. so you could get the deal? Because, because if you have Twitch Prime, they give you one free subscription a month. Use it on GameZilla. Yeah. Give I, us a free subscription, then I, we get we get two dollars and fifty cents per month. I'm a, little, I'm a little hurt that you haven't done that yet. So what okay, okay, here's the deal. Here's You've the had deal. Prime for quite a long time. Here's the problem. <laughs> I didn't know I so my Amazon Prime account is actually my wife's account. Oh. I didn't know that I could tie her account with her email address to my Twitch account under my email address and there wouldn't be any conflict. I thought I was gonna have to set her up her own Twitch account and do it. But that wasn't the case. So Okay. Well, now you know. So use your subscription on us. Yeah, get that free subscription out and help us out. All right. Let's get into some news here. We got we got some good stuff to talk about. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Topic number one. Ooh, coming in hot over the edge of the end of the, the intro there. You're excited. I, I'm excited because... You, well, you damn well know why I'm excited. We because we have our pitchforks out. We have our we have our torches out. It's time to burn Nintendo to the ground. They pushed me too far this time. Last week, you we talked about the uh, Nintendo Switch Lite announcement and and everything that we were excited about. But you brought up that you were really really excited about, or sorry, you were really really concerned about one thing. And that was Joy-Con Drift. Oh, I thought you were going to say the uh, the Yellowstone Super Volcano. Nope, nope. Because I'm, I'm, dude, yeah. I'm worried. Yeah, that one. That's going to change. That's going to change everything. I'm going to start Doomsday prepping. It's probably a good idea. Stock up on Joy Cons though, because you know they're going to go bad. So you got to have plenty of them. Yeah, like they go bad as quick as double A batteries. All right, so Joy Con Drift is real. Okay, it, it's not this. It's not this. I thought it was a myth. I, yeah, I legit myth. was like, no, it's not real. And then all of a sudden, I'm playing Sky Force, and my ship, my little plane keeps flying forward. And I was like, oh, I guess uh, 
I guess ghosts are real, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it was a shocking encounter for me. So any we so with that being said, we talked about it. it. It's a major concern. You and you got a little bit heated, saying they need they need a recall. They need a recall. This is bullshit. And 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 you just you went off. Well, just a few days after, I think some uh, I think maybe some lawyers or fans of the show or something. I don't know, but a U.S. firm opens up a Switch Joy-Con drift class action investigation. Okay, so this is early on. This isn't officially a lawsuit. I know that we advertised it as one, but I mean, that's clickbait, okay? You fell for it, so now listen to the show. But you're here. Soon it could be a lawsuit. So uh, anger over Joy-Con drifting issues appears to have fully boiled over with the U.S. law firm reportedly preparing a fi- to, to file a class action lawsuit against Nintendo. The... Um, I'm not even going to attempt to actually say the full name of the of the uh, law firm. I'm just going to call them CSK and D and investigating a potential class and D and D and is investigating a potential class action based upon reports that Nintendo Joy-Con controller for their Nintendo Switch gaming console can experience Joy-Con drift issues. Specifically, it is reported that the joystick on the Joy-Con will automatically register movement when the joystick is not being controlled. Uh, and interfere with gameplay. That is their that is their statement on their website. So this is uh this is like good news for you, right? Because yes. now you can jump in like right now. You can literally click, go to their website, and fill out a form and exp- and basically help them by giving them your experience with with Joy-Con drift so they can build a case against Nintendo. I, and I then they can it. bury Nintendo so that you can never buy another Nintendo system ever again. That's not what I want. I'm just disappointed that <laughs> Nintendo didn't start making this right already. The Nintendo of 1989 would have would have already issued uh, boxes and phone numbers and support lines to get these Joy-Con fixed and replaced, and they would have put it out there. Allegedly, you can send your stuff in and they'll fix it, but it's disappointing that this isn't something that's been recalled because it's an actual problem. So over here live on twitch.tv slash gameslamedia, where we are every Monday night, we uh, we had Craig WK chime in tagging gameslamedia saying, is Joy-Con Drift going to snake court well it's uh it would be found guilty very quickly um (laughs) i can i can assure you there it is here it is this obviously isn't the first time something like this has happened nintendo's legal section has had to deal with plenty of patent claims over the years the firm currently making headlines is asking everyone experiencing joy-con drift issues to contact its attorneys by filling out an online form Listen here, Nintendo. <laughs> you had your chance. Now we the people, we've lawyered up. And we're coming for what's ours. Now listen. Free I a, new Joy-Con. I have $160 worth of Joy-Con, and I'm not trying to replace them because y'all didn't do it right. Y'all could have sent me a box for me to send my Joy-Cons to you. And I still wouldn't have been pleased because that's trash. When I play Mario Party... And I only have four Joy-Con. Guess who has to volunteer to use the crappy Joy-Con? Because my wife would be mad if all of a sudden the controls aren't working for her. I can't do that to my guests. You've put me in a predicament where I now have to lose at Mario Party because of your laziness, Nintendo. Because of your neglect. Because 
You tried to pull one over on the gamers, and now we've lawyered up. So what do we want? Free Joy-Con. What do we want them? Right damn now. What color do they need to be? Any color, I don't really care. I want the new purple and orange ones. I have to pre-order. Give them to me for free. Give them for free. Make <laughs> things right. Free downloadable <laughs> games as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, so this is about... You can afford it. <laughs> this is about what we know right now for for this, loss, this uh, investigation. I don't want to call it a lawsuit just yet. They are looking into seeing uh, um, how many people respond to them and how big of an issue this really is. But um, this is... It is really interesting to think about this because they've sold something like something like what thirty four million switches. It's somewhere around there, yeah. And you have this Joy-Con drift issue that's showing up on. I don't even like. I would be. We don't know the percentage, but it's decent enough that everybody I know seems to have experienced it. Yeah. I'm experiencing it. You've experienced it. Like, and, and again, a lot of members within our community have reported it. So I'm just surprised that, you know, a lot of times when like, I hear like Red Ring of Death, no, Xbox 360. It's like, yeah, I had one friend, I think, that had that problem, but nobody else ever did. But that was a huge, like, that was a huge problem. That's because you didn't work in the gaming department of Worst Purchase at the time. I don't think a day went by that I didn't have someone come in and be like, so my Xbox got them red rings on it. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, because you bought a giant pile of garbage that is the Xbox 360. Yeah, but that, those people didn't tell you that they wrapped their 360 in a blanket when they played it. You got to keep it scared. You got to keep it safe from ba- monsters under yeah. the bed. You got to have it actually under the wrapping it in a blanket and playing is how you fix the, fix that sometimes. Because yeah, you had to like break the heat sink or whatever it was. You had to remelt the connections because they were so uh, horribly soldered that it would melt the solder and recon- make the connection again. Anyways, um, yeah. So I'm just to me like this is a big enough issue that Nintendo, like you said, needs to address it. They need to come out with a a repair plan, uh, an easy an easy part on their website where you can go out and request a box to be sent to you for free repair, whatever it may be. Um, they need to figure this out because, uh, or and also confirm that they've made changes to uh, the Nintendo Switch Lite and maybe the something that we're going to talk about next. So I don't want to bring it up right now, but. That they made these changes so that the stuff moving forward isn't carrying on these problems. Because I don't have, like you said, you have extra Joy Cons. Joy Con, they would be it'd be annoying to send them in, but I could do it and still function. If it's my, if it was my Nintendo Switch Lite, I have to send the whole thing in. Now I'm now I'm literally down the entire system. So I just really really hope that's not the case. Um, some interesting facts, though, that came out while they were talking about this. The Nintendo Switch has uh, was unveiled uh, to the world in 2016, and you know many people wondered if it would uh, compete well against Microsoft and Sony. Just two years later now, we can safely say that the Switch has uh, cemented itself as yet another Nintendo success story. But this is the thing I didn't know, um, and this got reported over a month ago, and I didn't catch it, so mm. maybe maybe you did. But um, did you know Nintendo has sur- the Switch has surpassed the PS4 and all-time sales within Japan. Uh, what? Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Are you it. serious? I'm serious, yeah. That's insane. So, yeah, I, I pulled this up. I know it's not directly related to, but this does put into perspective in two, two short years how many systems they've sold just in Japan, 
and Joy-Con drift being an issue, this could be a bigger and bigger issue if they don't resolve it soon. So in just two years, just over two years, Nintendo Switch has sold 8,125,637 units in Japan, according to the latest sales figures um, by um, Famitsu. That puts it above the current lifetime total of 8,077,756 units for the PS4. Man, it's that lifestyle, man. Mo- like on the go, portable gaming just kills it in Japan. It does. It kills in Japan. The PS4 had thirty j- over thirty six months of a head start on the Switch, and the Switch caught it in twenty four months and passed it in Japan. So that was. I just thought it was a, a pretty cool thing. Worldwide sales are at thirty four point seven million, which still um, lag behind the PS4, which has over ninety million. But again. You're, you know, the, the PS4 has had th- three extra years. So, um, but again, 34.7 million units in two years, and this Joy-Con drift has not, there hasn't been like a, a blip from Nintendo of how they're going to address it or, what, or any of that stuff. Now, mind you, if someone had problems and they just took the initiative to contact Nintendo and they were within their one-year, you know, warranty... Nintendo seemed to take care of them, but again, all on the quiet side of just like, oh, you're just this one random person that had this problem. Our bad. We'll take care of it. And mine happened like a year and nine months into owning the system is yeah. when mine started acting. I'm like, oh, good luck here. Right. So, I mean, that that's the that's the frustrating part. Mine, like, actually, I probably could get mine fixed because mine there that are showing signs of it are actually the ones that came with that Mario Party bundle. So, Which I mean, was last fall. Yeah, but. At the same time, like, how does that work? Because, you know, hardware that comes with the system, like, you would imagine that's all carries that one-year warranty. What happens when I buy a video game, the two Joy-Con are bundled inside of a box? Do those Joy-Con get a one-year warranty? Like, I mean, I would imagine they would. It's hardware. But it's just, it's a weird way. I've never, like, here's the deal. I've never had to worry about a controller like this. Have you ever had to worry about a, a controller? Like, you've had to worry about a system, Red Ring. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I've never really had a controller where I was like, this has to get sent in for repair. You know, a lot of times it's like, I can't, I, I really, I can't, besides buying, like, a cheapo third-party garbage controller. Yeah, for when like, you buy a Mad Cats yeah, controller in sucked, 2002, period. yeah, it was going to be garbage. <laughs> right. But I've never bought a first-party controller that I, that I had to worry at all about actually now that i think about it, the joy con would be the first time that i've had this problem you know the you know the closest issue i can think about the joystick on the n64 but the way it wore, wore down and gets yeah. sloppy that's the closest thing in my mind that i yeah. can think of but i feel like that took effort and time and that and i don't necessarily think that was wasn't as game breaking. Yeah, it wasn't as game breaking. And to be fair, a lot of the like the bad joysticks were was just users in Mario Party going crazy. That's why I don't let people play Mario Party so like, on sixty four. I mean, I, I remember I never was a Mario Party guy. I was a, I was a Golden Eye dude, you know, person and stuff like that. So I never really like. Yes, sure, they loosened up, but nothing where like they weren't playable. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think um, you know. I, 
this needs to happen. I think Nintendo needs to it needs to answer. You know, that, as far as a lawsuit goes, like even if this just leads them to saying, "Oh, okay, here's our here's our um, path to resolve people's issues. We're putting this program in place to take care of anybody that has a Joy-Con problem." Cool. Let's just get it done and get it over with. But it's just a little bump, like with the success Nintendo has had with this console and and everything. It's a it's a bummer that. Um, this is the road we have to go down to try to get a solution. Yeah. So. All right. You got anything else to say on this? No. Topic number two. It's some positive Nintendo news. We got another new Nintendo system coming out. Sort of. Sort of. So we talked about the Nintendo Switch Lite just recently, last week. And then we were talking about how the Pro didn't get announced, and, and you know we were wondering what else was going to happen. Well, right after the show, we got uh, we got notification that a new Nintendo Switch model with longer battery life has been announced. So this is your original Switch console um, that you know with detachable Joy Cons, dockable, all that stuff, just like you would have bought previous to the Nintendo uh, Switch Lite, but with some adjustments made, and so. Everyone's like, oh, it's got a better battery. It's not necessarily just the it's not the battery per se that's that's causing this, but originally you could get 2.5 to 6.5 hours out of your Switch is what they would rated it at. Depending, depending on what games. Yeah, depending on what you're playing, you know, Zelda to, to something more basic. Um, but now this new updated Switch is going to support 4.5 to 9 hours. Pretty that's cool. Really good, yeah. That is that is really impressive. So, um, we, um, you know, I think they they did the math here. They said the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is one of the most strenuous games on the system, still is um, could get you, you could get three hours out of the current Switch. Um, now you're gonna be able to get five point five. That's crazy. That's yeah. a crazy improvement. It's a huge improvement. Um, the the Switch Lite has an expected battery life between three to seven hours. So just to show you show you. How how this upgrade really does uh, a nice job. So the switch unit with the model numbers HAC-001 and then in parentheses 01 uh, and serial numbers beginning with XKW will have the extended battery life. But the the points that they were making here is that Nintendo updates the switch with a better chip is what they started to talk about. So. Um, there had been previous reports that there was a update coming from the Nintendo Switch, and it appears that this could be what, what, what we're talking about right now. So it's not the Switch Pro. That's something that still could happen down the road. We know nothing about that. But um, at the same retail price of the $300, you can get this new ba- in- improved battery Switch. And so what happened was when Nintendo announced the Switch Lite, the company also quietly made a request to the FCC to make changes to the previous Nintendo Switch hardware model. So Nintendo asked to change the system on chip and the uh, NAND memory type and CPU board on the older models. So sources familiar with the chip technology reported that the new chip is uh, 10 nanometers nanometers, uh, chip, a little bit smaller, which... Um, when incorporated with the Switch models, should translate to a battery boost, which is probably what we're seeing here. Yeah. I also wonder if this is under the radar. We're going to find out when they come out that all of the hacks, the hackable um, 
um, hardware pieces to the Switch right now have been fixed. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that this is a, a double let or not. Oh, sorry, you know, taking out two birds one stone. We're making uh, making the consumer happier, but we're also protecting ourselves and trying to block off those uh, security holes that we missed the first time around as Nintendo. So, I mean, that's fine for me. I, I'm not a hacker. I don't I don't really care about hacking my Switch, but I do care about better battery life. So that's pretty nice. Um, same price point. I think you know some people were we were talking about on Discord, uh, gameslovemedia.com, join the Discord. But we were talking in there in the Nintendo channel about how Nintendo and these retailers are going. You know, uh, consumers are not going to know what to buy, and it's, you're, you're going to people are going to sling the old ones just to get them off the shelf. And I did step in though during that conversation. It was like, hey, you know, when every other system that's come out with a bigger screen or a brighter screen or whatever, whatever the upgrade was, Nintendo's done a pretty good job of, of marketing it right on the front of the box. So, and we got a picture of the box up right now as far as just like rendered art, and it technically doesn't say anything. But I, I doubt that that is the final artwork for for the uh, the box. I, I will have to see when it launches, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I think this is, uh, actually, it reminds me the most of when they up, when they freshened up the Game Boy SP and they went from the Game Boy Advance SP, uh, 001 to the Game Boy Advance SP 101, where that one had a brighter screen on it and yeah. a, a better backlit, backlit screen. So if there is still, uh, you know, it, it's something you need to know about when you're in the collecting the community. One, the 101 box actually had a big, yeah. Like, Advertisement ran the front about a brighter screen. Yeah. But now in the secondhand market, you have to know what you're oh, looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So, and again, that's where we're going to see a lot of these original model switches sold is Facebook Marketplace, OfferUp, Craigslist, eBay. You're going to see a lot of that. True. Um, just, just because I feel like that's a lot better route for people to go down than going through a GameStop uh, for trading in their hardware. So, again, you are going to see more of that here in the in the coming months when the system launches. And I guess it's something that for people to be aware of. Yeah, um, so the new version of the Switch can be easily identified by the new bright red packaging, as they say, and it will be available mid-August in the U.S. in both gray and blue or red um, Joy-Con. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the new model will go on sale in the U.K. in September. So, um, not you know, it's around that same time as the, the light that uh, launches, the Nintendo Switch Lite. So, the, um, yeah, I mean, knowing the serial number, you know, the serial number starting letter starting letters and um, you know that type of stuff will help for that second hand um, because yeah that's when you really wouldn't notice a difference absolutely but um, I thought this was weird that they announced this like after the light like I feel like it probably should have just been announced together yeah it was kind of strange that this happened like what would have been days after maybe about a week after I really think it came down to they wanted they wanted the light to be the focus yeah. for those few days, which I think is smart. Hey, this is a whole new piece of hardware. Let people wrap their brains around. Let people get excited and Google it and think about it. And then you know this is a small announcement to be honest. So you know, hardware wise, so you know, hey, wait a week and then quietly put this out. Like, hey, we're we're putting out one that's gonna have a better battery. Yeah, and I think again, it just comes down to they figured out how to manufacture their processing chip to be smaller. They've adjusted the memory. They've adjusted the the logic board that the, that all this stuff lives on, and it's resulted in a better battery life. If 
it, it, so the only other angle that we won't know until we see a teardown is because they were able to shrink all that, were they able to shrink the logic board, and which allowed them to put a slightly bigger battery in it? Maybe. It's possible. Know, maybe it's a mix of both. A little bit of a bigger battery and just more, um, less power consumption. So, Is this enough to get you to upgrade? No. I mean, I will up again. I'll upgrade when a special edition comes out that I want. Yeah, you know. So like, I've already talked about like I want to collect the the Switch Lite, but this version of the the normal Switch with just better battery life, I I'm around a charger or around a power source enough that like the battery has never been an issue for me uh, with the Switch. Even at convention, I have a battery pack with me. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, but you wouldn't need a battery pack. Yeah, but I have a battery pack with me anyways. I always do. It's for my phone or for my camera, for my Switch. Like, there's always something that needs to be plugged in. So, I mean, it's not that big of a deal to me. For some people, absolutely, I could see with longer commutes and stuff like that and, you know, doing trains and, and monitor, you know, all, all that type of stuff, subways, then, yeah, absolutely, I could see uh, a better battery life. But for me, I'm, you know, I got a short drive to work. When I'm at work, it's plugged in, waiting for waiting for lunchtime. I play. When I get back, it's plugged back in after lunchtime. I mean, it's not a big deal for me. So unless it's a Metroid edition or something cool like that, um, you know, I'm not interested in upgrading at this point. Yeah, th- this announcement definitely had uh, had the wife and I kind of thinking, okay, well, do we want to spend the extra $100 to get, you know, she plays a ton handheld, so maybe we would just give her the new model. Because, again, I'm on the same boat as you. I rarely have battery issues because it's, you know, the only scenario I could think about where that'd be an issue is, okay, I'm on a plane or something like that right. where I can't easily charge it. But so often I, I have a couple hour session in the middle of the day here or there, and then it's back on the dock. You know, I don't I don't have three to five hour gaming sessions on my Switch all that often where I'm not playing it docked. So, but we did already have the conversation of, okay, maybe we spend the extra $100, get her the one with the better battery because she's the one that will go on marathon sessions in Stardew Valley now posted up, you know, on the couch. And then that way we get an extra dock. Get an extra set of Joy-Con. Maybe the extra hundred dollars is worth it then, over yeah. the light. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I don't know. Let us know what you think in the Nintendo channel on the Discord. All right. Topic number three. GameStop is changing its business models. So once again, they're creating new store concepts, and one of those store concepts. They've dabbled with, but I think they're finally trying to maybe take it a little bit more seriously. They want to offer retro gaming. So, as as the I like I like the subtitle of this of this article from IGN. The slow death of retail might actually get gamers some new places to hang out. So, it's no secret that GameStop has had a rough few years financially. They saw a third quarter loss of nearly half a billion dollars last November, even after selling spring mobile for a cool $700 million. Recently, it had to stop searching for a new buyer, and the stocks plummeted over 25%. Obviously, something needs to change, and today's GameStop, today GameStop announced that its new business saving strategy is turning stores into unique experiences. Before I read on to this, you could go back in the past here at GameZilla, and you could listen to me yell about GameStop and how they have the opportunity to be the unique experience for gamers, and yet they just are a generic game store that has nothing special. 
And now they're going to come out and say, oh, a new direction is part of the partnership with colossal marketing company R slash GA and revolves around GameStop's long-held desire to reaffirm its place in video game culture. Together, GameStop and RGA are developing and piloting new and streamlined physical store concepts, introducing new ways for gamers to try new titles and and before they buy them. Read the announcement before you're going to say that unique store concept that offer things like competitive sessions, in-home grown e-leagues to locations that sell strictly retro gaming software and hardware are just some of the ideas that are going to in trial, are going to trial in some new concept stores. GameStop wants to create a place to have local video game competitions or somewhere for gamers to sit in front of a, a decent CRT TV. Some of these options are pretty hard to come by in most towns, so it is hoping to capitalize on those to find a new stream of revenue in a world consistently shifting towards a digital future. I think I think most GameStops are too small to be a place to hold a competition. Well, I don't think I, th- I don't think these new concepts are in ex- current, yeah, current locations. Yeah, it's not the current location that they're going to just remodel. I think it's going to be a different size store for those particular ones. But I mean, my problem first of all, I'm always going to say this for GameStop is it's too little, too late. You're so far behind is that unless this is a grand slam, unless you come out the gate and you just smoke it, you're already too late because you already have eSports arenas. You already have a lot of these things popping up in, in, let's be honest, in a lot of the markets where they need to be. Do we have something right, right around us? No, but I have something in Auburn Hills that I can go to. You know, like, they are there if I want them. So you're going to have to make something pretty damn cool to pull people that that they actually care and they actually, like, forget the tarnished name that is GameStop. You know, and so for me, I, I want them to be able to pull this off, but I just I just know the track record that they've shown us. And every time they try to do something cool... They just trip over their own feet. I mean, let's think about recently. Like, the retro game situation has been a mess at GameStop. The um, w- the Power Up Rewards Elite that was going to allow us to rent video games, and mm. if we liked them, keep them, and, th- and things like that. You know, and, and by, like, all that sounded like a really cool idea that made GameStop shop, you know, to shop there unique didn't even get out of beta because of how bad it was, and they couldn't figure out how to fix it. They just killed it. I mean, it's just program. ThinkGeek. You bought ThinkGeek for how much money, and then you just put them out of business. You literally just, I don't know if you knew this, ThinkGeek's gone. You can't even go to their website anymore. You told me a couple weeks ago because you went over to spend some time with your dad, yeah. and your dad had some really cool stuff. You're like, whoa, when did you buy this? He's like, oh, and ThinkGeek was getting shut down. And you're like, what? Yeah, I completely missed it. I went to ThinkGeek.com. It just redirects me to GameStop. Yep. And so I'm like, like again, it's just like you can keep pulling these examples out and being like, I don't know if you have what it takes to save yourselves. When you were shopping to find a buyer to, you know, to try to sell your name and have someone else try to pull you out of the, out of the deep end, that's when I had hope. The fact that you stopped because, because no one wanted to jump on that sinking ship, and now you're like, well, I'm just going to hire this marketing agency and we're going to turn it around ourselves, I don't know. 
you haven't proven to me ever that you can do it. It's not to say I haven't shopped at a GameStop. It's not to say that I won't walk into a GameStop relatively soon. But at the same time, you are not special, unfortunately. And that is that is the problem, is that you are literally GameStop. You are on every corner, everywhere. When I think if I need a video game, I should think about GameStop first, and I don't. And that's the problem. So I can tell you the last time I, I went to a GameStop to buy something video game related, because I can think of two times in the last five, four, three years that I've bought something at GameStop. I bought a couple Funko Pops there one time because they had it like a buy one, get one sale. And before that, the last time I purchased something at a GameStop was I went there to get um, Control Freaks. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I was working out at the gym. I knew that you and Chops loved them. I was trying to get my Destiny game up. I was like, let me go buy, try to buy some of these. Why did I go to GameStop to buy those? Because they were a specialized item. I didn't know if the Target that was right next to the GameStop would have it. Yeah. I don't know if I could walk into Walmart and have those, because that's when Control Freaks were still a little bit newer. But I, I knew I could count on GameStop because it was specialized. GameStop needs to have specialized things. They need to have gaming-related items that you know you can only go there and get. And I'm not just talking about action figures and Zelda drinking glasses and knickknacks. I'm talking about actual things that mean things to video game players. That's where I know I can go and get replacement cables. Or that's where I know I can go and get these things and it'd be reliable. Having specialized product. The other thing that they need to do that the brand has completely destroyed over the last 10 years. GameStop used to be a place you could go for value. It was a place, as a gamer, you know, hey, I like this game. I want to save some money. I'm going to go to GameStop. Or I want a controller. I don't have 50 bucks to blow on a controller. Let me go get the GameStop brand one, and it would, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll be good enough. You used to be able to go and do that. You can't anymore. I don't ever feel like I'm getting a deal on the used games in there. I don't feel like I can go in there and trade things in and get store credit that's that's of a fair value. I don't feel like I can go in there and get those specialized things that I would need. That whole that whole avenue is gone. I feel like I can go there and I can buy like I said knickknacks and crap that are associated with gaming that I don't want or I could buy a copy of Madden for $6. You know, the 4-year-old version. Like I don't feel like there's anything else in the store for me because they've they've ruined their reputation. Well, okay, they make a they, they make a, a deal with Scuff where they're they're like the only location carrying the Scuff Vantage back before we knew it was a big pile of crap, okay? So here was this this super hyped up PS4 controller and I walk in, I want one. And but I you know, but I grab the box, it's just an empty shell on the shelf. That's all it is. And then they just hand me a box like you're GameStop, and not only are you GameStop, but this is an exclusive product. Where is the one that you're gonna hand to put in? You're gonna hand me, put it in my hands, and make me go. Yeah, I can't leave without this. Synced up to a synced up to a screen already so in there, so I can play a round of Call of Duty or something. Yeah, like exactly. Like why? Like that is not difficult. We are literally gonna go down to the the science center, Michigan Science Center this week, and we're going to set up multiple gaming stations where we do that as people walk by and we're gonna hand them a controller and they're gonna play games. Like we're doing that. Why can't GameStop do it? And that to me is just like again, I, I can't figure out 
situations like that. And now, again, this article is saying we're going to do things like that. We're going to make it interactive. We're going to bring an esports angle. We're going to bring a retro gaming angle. We're going to do these things. And it's like, okay, maybe. you know. And, and yes, I used to drive a little bit out of my way to go do the Think Geek version of GameStop because it was twice the size and had uh, had a lot more stuff you know so that was what I would consider a specialty GameStop store and yeah I would occasionally go that way when I was like oh it's Christmas time I want to try to grab a few gifts for people that store is going to have more options for me for my gamer friends you know so maybe you're right maybe you can make some of these but at the same time you're competing with you know around here you're competing with every disc replay you're competing with all the mom and pop shops. You're competing like the, this. This area, this concept is saturated already. Uh, I know you're GameStop, and you have you know a lot of resources that maybe some of these smaller shops don't. So you think you can step in and Walmart them, but at the same time, you're so crippled from your own mistakes that you're not Walmart anymore. You're Blockbuster. How much? How great would it be? You, you're, so you, you're, you're elder years of Blockbuster. <laughs> When you're talking about, hey, why can't someone put one of these controllers in my hand? Why is it when I go to a GameStop, an employee every time asks me if there's any games I want to pre-order? Or, oh, have you pre-ordered this game yet? Why hasn't GameStop worked out a deal with the major publishers? When I walk in and then they're like, oh, hey, any games you want to pre-order? Have you played Spider-Man yet? Oh, you have a PS4? Have you played Spider-Man? Go, oh, no, I've kind of been wanting to play it. And then then boot it up and hand me a controller and say, try it. Like, why isn't that their method for selling video games instead of just having some snot-nosed kid behind yeah. the register go, oh, the new Call of Duty's coming out, man. You, you're going to get it? Like, no. Okay, that's the end of the conversation. That is, that's it. And, like, if you think, even even if you just look at, like, Best Buy, for example, not that I want to use them as, as, as an example necessarily, but we've spent plenty of years working there, shopping there. Like, what happens when you walk into the camera department and you're like, yeah, I'm looking for the Sony A7R3? Uh, if I had one, I would <laughs> hand it to you. Yeah. What happens when you go in the movie, in, into uh, home and TV, and you go, I'm looking for the, uh, you know, the Samsung whatever model? What? I walk over and show it to you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, what happens when you go into appliances and you're like, yeah, I'm looking for a washer and dryer? You, they put you right in front of them and talk to you and show you them. Like, it is not a new concept that you should put the product in front of somebody, and if it can even be somewhat functional, you make it somewhat functional for them to sit there and go, yes, I need this. That's why people test drive cars. Yeah. So a salesman wants to get in that car with you because they know as soon as you're in that car, you're now way more likely to spend money and buy that car yep. because you've realized it's a great experience. Yep, exactly. So GameStop missing that aspect of it and not not playing to its demographic and not playing to the gamers. Gamers are impulsive. They're like and and they want to be competitive and they want to be cutting edge a lot of times. You know, like gaming is more competitive than it's ever been. You're gonna have gamers that come in that, yeah, they want to just that that single player story. I enjoy and relax playing video games. Yep, but you have how many kids playing Fortnite? How many kids playing Call of Duty? How many kids playing PUBG? All this Overwatch League, all this stuff is competitive. They come in, they and they, yeah, they know what they want. Maybe they're in there for a points card, but if you have that new piece of tech that you can show them that can give them that slight edge or can make them that split second faster or whatever it is, you don't think that you can't 
you know, as we used to call it, um, attached to the original sale. Oh, you're buying a camera? Well, you're going to need a camera bag and a memory card and an extra lens and this external flash. You know, like, it's basic retail that, we, that we've, we've had for a long time that I feel like GameStop has, just, has never had. I mean, I used to work for the company, and they never had it. Like you said, you walk in, and the, and the employees are pressured to attack you for pre-orders, for their credit card, for uh, the power-up rewards, and, and that's it. Here's our flyer. You know, pre-order these games. Please pre-order these games. Please pre-order these games. Like, if, if I didn't get a pre-order, but I sold that person five video games instead of the one he came in for... I'm sorry, don't you like wouldn't you want that? Like that that seems to me like a good a good up upsell. And so to me, I just feel like the whole business model, management, training of their employees, everything is broken. So I don't care if you build a retro store, I don't care if you build an esports store, you're also gonna have to reprogram Oh god. Yeah. Buying retro games from a kid at a GameStop yeah. sounds Awful. You're going to have to retrain and reprogram and reprocess everything that you that you think you are as GameStop because that is the problem. Is from the core, from the top down, you're just not doing it right. I agree, and uh, you know I want GameStop to succeed. So hopefully they can figure something out here. But you know we just ranted for 15 minutes about. Yeah, it's sort of beating a dead horse at this point because I know we've had this conversation a hundred times and we want GameStop to succeed, but for the love of God, just try something different that's sensible. Yeah. I want a GameStop to succeed in the sense that someone else is going to take it over and try to like just turn it into something it, it always should have been and never really was able to be. You know, And I think you want another good idea is that I think you still technically might own the Funko Land name. Yeah, like if you're gonna do the retro stores, how I would love if I saw Funko Lands pop up again, you probably like you're, yeah, you're, you're right. pulling at my heartstrings at that point. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely check it out. So I mean, reusing some of those some of the assets that you maybe you still own uh, that you've just been sitting on for years, um, you know, there's there's another small idea, but anyways. Uh, let us know what you think. We got the general gaming channel in the Discord, so jump in there. Let's talk GameStop. Let's talk disappointments and what you want to see out of their future. Maybe it's just burn it, burn it down, as Escape Soul over here on Twitch has been saying. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want to see them succeed. They just need to go away so that something new and better can start up and and fill that fill that uh, void. All right. Let's move it on to the uh, Patreon news topic of the week. You vote every week on a, on some topics if you're a patron. And this week, the winner is the Google Stadia. We got some more information on Google Stadia. Um, we, it, let's start the conversation with this. The title of this article is Google Stadia will offer roughly one free game per month. And then the subtitle is Stadia isn't like Netflix. Okay. I think that's good to clarify because when it first came out, I think we were under the impression that this was going to be like a gaming Netflix where you you paid your monthly thing, you had access to a bunch of a library yeah. of games. And then it wasn't till maybe a month later when it started to, to become more clear that, no, you could purchase games on this platform. Yeah, yeah. 
So Google Stadia's director of product, Andre, oh man, Dornachov, uh, tried. Good job. Yeah, that, it's decent. Tried to clear away some lingering confusion over Stadia by describing Stadia Pro as being more like PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold than Netflix. Pro subscribers will even get one free game a month, give or take, is the quote. He goes on to say that um, at a Reddit AMA about the company's upcoming video game streaming platform, um, answering the Stadia questions from the community ahead of the platform's November launch. Since Google announced its cloud streaming Stadia platform, there's been some questions about how the service will work. There's a monthly $10 subscription fee for what they call Stadia Pro. Uh, but this fee doesn't actually come with a library of games like maybe we initially thought. Instead, for $9.99, subscribers will have access to 4K resolution, 60 frames per second, a 5.1 surround sound, and a free game a month starting with Destiny 2 The Collection. Whoop-dee-doo. Uh, they did add give or take, meaning there might be some months where there's more than one game or no game at all. <laughs> that- that's terrifyingly inconsistent. Like, right? like, come on, you tell me you couldn't even throw an indie title at everyone once a month? Like, I, I would honestly be disappointed. Unless, unless, let's say, one month we get, like, three or four games. And, but, yeah, but, but next month there's not going to be anything. Like, oh, okay, we went big for December. January, you guys are going to have to chill. But if it's, like, we had one game, eh, we just didn't give you one this month, I would honestly be a little annoyed by that. Yeah, absolutely. I never play my PlayStation Plus games, but I like getting them every month. I'm sorry, you're Google. Just make sure that we get one game a month. And if we get two, then that's a bonus. But make sure we get one a month. Even Nintendo God. can scrap up these crappy, <laughs> right. oh, I got Donkey Kong 3 this month. Great, thanks. <sighs> Man. Uh, using Stadia itself is free. And if you don't subscribe to the Pro uh, version, you'll still be able to stream games at 1080p in 60 frames per second with stereo sound. The main thing about Stadia's game library is that you still have to purchase the games you want from retailers or publishers and build your own library. The free games from Stadia Pro will help pad out your library also. So, um, another thing to note is that like PS Plus and Xbox Live Gold, you'll lose access to the free Stadia Pro games if you stop subscribing at any time, and then you'll regain access to those games if you resubscribe to Pro uh, and Google confirmed it will not remove games from the Stadia library, even if they get delisted. So similar to the other ones, if you download them and you have them in your library, you'll have access to them, even if they're not on the store anymore. It is interesting that they clarified that, uh, you know, you Stadia is technically something you can get in on for free. You can play 1080p 60 frames per second just by buying games off the store. Yeah, you're still needing either a Chromecast, hopefully you have yeah. one, and then you still need a controller. So, I mean, there's still, I mean, there's a buy-in, but it's, but yeah, like their service, you don't have to pay for their service. Absolutely. You can, you can use their basic service, get your 1080p, 60 frames per second, um, you know, stereo sound. I think it's weird that like their, the upsell is, oh, well, now you get 4K and now you get surround sound, you know, but and like that's fine, and then you get the free game. But I pay like twenty. What is it? Twenty dollars a year for Nintendo Online. Yeah. And every month, like, is it every month? Every month we get. I get like 
two to four. They keep running, like adding those special yeah. editions of the game. Stop giving us those. Yeah. I know. They're just jamming up my yeah. library with I'd like crap to just I don't remove want. them. Actually, give but. me folders. Let me delete yeah. things. Yeah, but so I mean, they're the upsell to to one hundred and twenty dollars a year for Pro. It really will come down to all right. You're giving me Destiny two. That game's already free. Okay, like I can go play Destiny two. I can walk into Best Buy and say, "Can I have a copy of Destiny two? They'll hand it to me." So for me, to, for you to make Destiny two free when it's going free everywhere, anyways, like it's actually that is the way it's going, doesn't mean anything to me. Like that should not be your launch. What th- that should be like a advertisement of like, hey, when when Stadia launches, Destiny two will be ready to go, free to play, and our first free game for the month is Assassin's Creed or something like that. Like an actual game where I'm like that has value. Because I can go play Destiny anywhere. Yeah, a, a two-year-old game that yeah. is soon yeah. is in. When does Stadia launch? St- November. Okay, so it yeah. will have already been free to play because it goes free to play in either September yeah, or August. That's so. what I mean. So, like the fact that they're using it as a, as a like a marketing promotion piece is stupid, especially when they follow it up with uh, additional details about Stadia include that there will be some form of achievements, but not at launch. Same with Bluetooth audio. Will not be available at launch either. We just got done talking about Bluetooth audio and the annoyance that the Switch doesn't have it. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, hold on a second. Google Stadia, this is the most advanced streaming gaming setup ever. You know, this controller is super nice. You're telling me you didn't figure out how a wireless headset can work with this setup? So now I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I could probably plug into the controller like an X, like Xbox or something like that. But it just, again, boggles my mind that you aren't ready for Bluetooth audio at launch. And then the achievement thing not being ready, like, that's fine. Like, I personally would don't care a ton. But it's just like, hey, we got these things. They're just not going to be available at launch, but just get ready because they're going to be great. And it's like, but everybody else already has them. Man, remember when Nintendo jerked us along with everything because it wasn't ready? Yeah, and it was annoying. It still is annoying. And then it was an all extent. kind of a letdown. Yeah. So Google Stadia will be releasing uh, sometime in November 2019. Uh, you can pre-order a Stadia Founders Edition for $129, and it comes with the custom control, uh, a Stadia custom controller, the uh, Chromecast Ultra, three-month subscription of Stadia Pro, and an early claim to a username, and a copy of Destiny 2. <laughs> Stop with the Destiny 2, Google. Just stop, okay? Like, th- that is not a selling piece. Like, seriously. I can go buy a Yeti mic and get a better game than Destiny 2 just by buying the Yeti mic. I got Assassin's Creed Origins. That's what I mean. Like, just bundle something real. Destiny 2 is a fine game. Like, it has some. it's had its major problems, and they're, they're trying to make a lot of changes here in the next couple months, and I like that. But it is not a game worth you saying, and you get Destiny 2. Because the last time I bought something from Best Buy, I picked it up, and they just gave me a copy. I didn't even want it. I didn't even ask for it. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't buy Destiny 2. They're like, oh, no, it comes with every, every video game sale. 
It's like the annoying <laughs> sign at restaurants where it goes, smells are free. Like, yeah, no duh, the smells hey, are free. Here you go, Google. Here's how bad Destiny here's here's why you shouldn't promote Destiny 2. You're sitting here be like, hey, you get a copy of Destiny 2. I, I was at ner- a nerd out sale selling my video games, and I gave a kid a sealed copy of Destiny 2 because I had three copies on the Xbox One. I don't even know how. I'm not even sure. I think I got one from something I bought. My wife bought something and she got one. And then I think someone just gave it to me to take to the sale and said, sell it for a buck because it's worthless. So it's not. (laughs) Why are you bundling it and talking, talking so highly of Destiny 2? Now, my question and it is, it is Destiny 2, the collection. So now that comes with the Forsaken. Now, the Force isn't the Forsaken not free yet. I don't know. Forsaken, I would say right now is not free, but so I don't know what. So Forsaken might not be because I know you're going to get like you get the Osiris and the uh, what was the other one? Was it Rise of the Machine or something? No, that was that was Destiny one. Yeah. Anyways, you get the first two. So the, the first co- two became free. So there's a chance that the value is you, you get you also get Forsaken with that. Yeah, but before then, we but defecate then completely. The on. problem is that in September, Forsaken's not the current thing anymore. The next one's coming out, whatever yeah. they're calling that. Yeah. So well, month two, the free thing is going to be the next Destiny yeah. DLC. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I um. I just found it. I found this article weird where they're like, uh, you know, eh, give or take a game per month. Like, like it, it, come at Google. It kind of came off like you guys really don't know what you're doing yet, do you? And you launch in a few months here. Like we're we're literally what four months away. Am I right on that? Yeah, Roughly, yeah, yeah, so yeah. We're yeah we're in the seventh month of the year, so yeah, four months away. Get it together, Google. <laughs> I don't know. I still, I'm still curious with Stadia, just from the technology standpoint. I still probably want to grab a Founders uh, pack just so I can see what it's all about. But I mean, what do you think? What do you guys there listening think? Join the Discord. Hit us up in social media somewhere. Talk to us about what uh, what your thoughts are around Stadia because I just feel like Google is. You know, they came out the gate real ready, like acting like they were ready. And now it just kind of seems like this is might be half co- half cooked. Like there's still some work to be done. There's still some things that are clearly not ready and and won't be ready even at launch. And, um, you know, is it going to cause some growing pains and struggles that, um, you know, maybe Google's not as uh, prepared for this as we thought. But time will tell. Indeed. All right. Well. That's uh, that's been our attack on the news for these topics and much more. Visit gameslowmedia.com and continue the conversation in our Discord. It's time for the Zilla update. Yeah, let's do it. Zilla update time. <sighs> now, Grim, before we get into any gaming moments of the week, for the Zilla update this week, let's talk about what's going on this Thursday in the city of Detroit. Wah, 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 wah. That's my horns for hype. What'd you think? It was good, but it wasn't as good as the real thing. Yeah, I think it sounded just like it, but just, uh, <laughs> yeah, just like you're 22. Um, yeah, so Michigan Science Center, the video games, vintage video games after dark is uh, happening 
right downtown. And uh, it's going to be this Thursday from 6 to 9 p.m. This is the 25th. We're going to be out there 6 to 9 p.m. Yeah. It's a cool event. So, uh, so uh, our uh, fourth time? Third or fourth time? It's fourth or fifth. We've, we've oh, done a lot of these. Fourth or fifth time. Sure. It's at least... It's good. It's been great. It's been great. I'll go every time they invite me. Absolutely. So, um, we'll have we'll have some of the games that crew out there. There will be some gaming going on with us. Uh, we're not a hundred percent sure exactly uh, what we're gonna do, but the games that crew is gonna be there. We want you to come hang out with us. We're, you want us, we want you to play video games with us, but. It's a really cool event. Uh, the Michigan Science Center is normally somewhere you would take your children, but not for the After Dark events. Vintage video games After Dark, they open it up to adults. There's alcoholic beverages to enjoy, mm -hmm. some video game themed, some beer themed, and they have gaming stations set up. They bring in arcade cabinets that are set up on the, the first floor, and then you go down to the lower levels, and that's where there's retro gaming stations set up by different volunteers, different uh, retro gaming stores, and of course, you know, GameZilla Crew will have something set up for you to come and game and play some old school stuff and just hang out with people that appreciate vintage video games. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, obviously in the past we've brought some recording equipment. We we may bring some recording equipment this time, so there's that possibility that uh, you can uh, hop on the show and talk a little bit with one of the uh, hosts of game of shows like the Games Little Podcast or the Legend of Retro and, and uh, possibly some others. So the um, the event's gonna be a lot of fun. I, I for me, I I always wish that it's longer, right? It's three hours long and it's great, but it goes by so fast because it's so much, just so much fun. It's super fun, and we're working the whole time. So well, yeah, yeah. I've I've managed to walk around um, a couple of times and really kind of experience everything that was going on. But overall, we're pretty busy. We're trying to keep our area. Um, entertaining for for all the people coming so and we appreciate everybody that always stops by to say hi to us so make sure to stop by um say hi grab a grab a business card play some video games and uh you know check out what uh what michigan science center is doing with their after dark events yeah, pretty it, cool if you're if you're a fan of classic video gaming it's a nice date night bring your lady out bring yeah. your dude out whatever you want to do um it's a it's a really fun time and if you're a fan of classic video games you're you're gonna have a really memorable evening and it's a thursday night let's be honest there's nothing else going on on a thursday night true yeah absolutely it's gonna be a good time and that is again this thursday july 25th 6 to 9 p.m at the michigan science center all right well gaming moment of the week you want you want me to roll first? Let me roll first. You roll first. I didn't. I, you know, I didn't do a ton of gaming this week. Uh, we talked last week about how I, I scooped Vita, and I've been uh, into playing the PlayStation Vita for the last week. Uh, last uh, last show, right before recording, I went and bought Borderlands Two on the Vita. After the show, went home and played it, and I like it. You know, if you if, <laughs> if you if you watch like review videos and read reviews online, people really dog the game. Uh, I knew it wasn't gonna run like like it runs on the PlayStation Four with the Handsome Collection, but it's a playable version of Borderlands Two. The touch controls are a little wonky and stuff, but for a game I love to be able to just play it handheld when I'm at work on my lunch break, it's pretty cool to me. So you know it. it if you have a PlayStation Vita and you like Borderlands, I don't know. I paid like 15 bucks for it. It was worth it. Uh, you know, I've been playing some more indie games and I did pick up another physical game. And this is a little bit of a, 
interesting uh, buy for me. I bought Madden 2013 with Calvin Johnson on the cover because we're Lions guys here. <laughs> yes, yes. Because, uh, you know, we're from Detroit. So uh, I, I know that when football season comes around, I like playing football games a little bit. I'll fire up my NCAA 2012 or whatever and play as the Spartans or, you know, I'll, I'll fire up a Mutant League football there on the Switch. And uh, I was like, you know what? Why, why not grab this game? It was eight bucks at a resale short store. Why not grab it and, and play it? And again, I wanted to pick up another game that was graphically impressive for the Vita. And, you know, when you're when you're playing, you know, the gameplay, it looks like Madden from the PS3 era and it plays pretty well. But what doesn't work very well is the menus are really slow. (laughs) Like the load times on the Vita are actually really rough for any of these stronger, you know, more graphically intensive games. But man, you get into like the the camera cutscenes in between plays and stuff. Does it chug? Does the the frame rate drops well below thirty? And I'm like, how is it that they could even have these cutscenes running well in this game? And I get it. It's EA. It's a Vita game. It was probably half-assed. So presentation wise, half-assed. Presentation wise, the game's pretty poor. But actual gameplay, it's a playable little football game. And for eight dollars for something to have, you know, Sunday afternoons coming up here uh, in a month or so, when I want to kick back and watch the Lions and still play some video games. I'm going to be able to do it. So, I don't know. It seems like it was worth eight bucks to me, but I don't know how much I'll be playing it. Now, wait, how much was it? $7.99. For a Madden game? Madden 13. So, it's expensive for, for a six year old Madden game. Normally, that'd be $1.99. I was $1. expecting 99. like maybe three bucks. Yeah, it's because it's a physical Vita game, which yeah, there aren't a lot of them out that's there. That's exactly what it is. And, uh, you know, like, uh, I think NBA and MLB were a little bit cheaper, but Madden does still fetch a little bit higher price. And point. did this have, like, the official case? Like, no, it didn't. Uh, it's a reproduction so- case. So you didn't even get the like legit Calvin Johnson artwork. Oh, no, Calvin Johnson, they 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 copy printed one. Well, right, yeah, that doesn't count. Okay, all right. Well, anyways, it. <sighs> okay, but I've been liking having a Vita. Good, yeah. No, I, I have um, enjoyed the amount of uh, fun and gameplay that you've put into the Vita already. I, yeah. I wasn't sure where that was going to fall for you and you're enjoying it and that's good and and you're just scratching the surface of uh, some of the stuff that's out there for it so I mean obviously I have some games that you can borrow when you're ready of trying like Freedom Wars and stuff yeah. like that some unique things that never made it away from the Vita like so many other games did so alright my gaming moment of, of the week I, uh, I started playing or sorry I picked up went to Best Buy at the end of the week uh, picked up Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. Yeah. Uh, it slipped my mind, actually, that it came out on Friday because, I again, I keep forgetting that it's a Switch exclusive. You should have listened to Muster Bust. Yeah, and <laughs> I know I should have. And so... Patreon.com slash Games of the Media. I um, picked it up, went home, loaded it up, and I haven't stopped playing it since. So the... Basically, I want to kind of give a, a little mini Grim review is that it's it's your typical dungeon crawler Diablo esque game with a mark with a with a superhero skin on it, and if you've played Ultimate Alliance one or two or even the X Men Legends one or two, this is the cleanest, the best looking uh, version of that franchise, and it plays just like it. It feels great, you know. The thing about it is, 
we talked about earlier how a game just can be fun. Like it just needs to just be enjoyable. It doesn't have to be the best game or the or or have the perfect mechanics or the perfect camera work. And I wouldn't necessarily say that this game is great at anything. It's good at many things, and I find it to be a lot of fun. And it takes me back. It takes me back to those days where you could just get into a little bit of a brawler slash puzzler and just have this fun. And I haven't got to play uh, co-op with it yet, but I can definitely see where co-op would make the enjoyment higher and make some of the like just puzzle situations easier um, than having to try to direct around some AI. But again, if you ever get a lunch break again, I know if I ever get a lunch break again, but again, I just am having a blast. And so the game, you know, you start off with a certain group. I don't want to give it's too new at this point. I don't want to give away any story for anybody that hasn't got to play it. But you start out with a certain, you know, select four uh, characters that you can switch between. And it's a good start. It's it, the story is a, is a pretty ex, like you kind of understand what the concept is a little bit, but there is a twist to it. And so I've gotten to that point where the game's opened up and I can actually change my characters. So I have a whole new squad at this point. And the only thing I'm going to say is I've been playing a lot of Wolverine and I, boy, have I missed being able to play a game like this as Wolverine just running around and just slashing and then having going that, berserker having that yeah going berserker having that healing factor kick in he's just fun um you know so i um i highly recommend it it's going to be it's going to be a great game for couch co-op online co-op the DLC is actually what surprised me that i, I didn't really know about until they until they came out and said it so first of all free DLC coming up that's going to give you some some extra characters, which is cool. But then they have this expansion pass, which is 20 bucks, and they're basically guaranteeing you the, the next three pieces of whatever that's coming out, um, focusing around X-Men, the Knights, mm. a.k.a. Moon Knights coming back. So I'm there excited. you go. I'm excited. Moon I Knight's knew you'd be back. into that one. And then um, it's a Spider-Man theme is the third one. Yeah. And so each one of those are going to add characters, but they're also going to add story. So it's going to add more missions. It's going to add more to the story, um, which which is really cool. So yeah, I really like this game. I give it a solid, you know, seven and a half, eight out of ten, um, because it is a lot of fun. It's very comic book esque. So some people might not like latch to it the way that I do, where it's some of it's cheesy, some of it's you know um, lighter lighter on the writing. But I like it. Like, it reminds me of, like, in the 90s when I would read the My X-Men comics. That's what I fe feel about this, and it's what I wanted out of it. So, um, you know, where maybe your Marvel is, Marvel Avengers from Square Enix is going to be that more serious uh, role. This is that more just fun um, comic book style game. And the uh, the, be the ability to kind of change your angles and zoom in on your character. Have you like that? Because I assumed I was just going to play at the old yeah, school view. Yeah, so I didn't think I would care, but I actually use it from time to time now, and I do like it, especially when I get a new character and I want to kind of like check them out. It's cool that I just have that feature, but even like as I, some of the world is, it's still, yes, a very top, you know, um, what, what do they call them? Uh, is it? Like an isometric yeah, view? Yeah, isometric view. There you go. Uh, it's still very much that a lot of the time, but there are other times where you're kind of going through areas that it'll pan, auto pan down and be more of like a third person view. And I, I do like that too. The, and the game looks really good on the Switch. 
uh, for for what it is, and then I dock. So I played it handheld and and docked. Um, I played docked for a good amount of time, and I was impressed by the um, you know what it looked like on my it wasn't 4K, but it was on a 4K TV. Yeah. Um, I was pretty happy with it. So a lot of fun. Um, I'll be if you if you're in the Discord or whatever, you can tag me if you're playing this game and you want my friend code. Uh, I'm down to team up with some people and 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 really start to test out what this how the how the co-op function um, jump in jump out system works and even try to see what the limitations are. Like I'm you know I'm like a level ten right now. So what happens if someone's far ahead of me or behind me? Uh, what what are the restrictions? Does it auto level you? I don't I don't know those features just yet. I haven't looked. In, looked it up and I haven't experienced it myself so well, that's my uh, gaming moment of the week I, I really um, really like that game I also picked up just part of that part of that purchase at Best Buy I picked up um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance but I also grabbed Toe Jam and Earl uh, gets their groove back oh, they have that physical, physical edition? edition because Best Buy made a deal with limited run games yeah we talked about that like Three months ago, that yeah. Best Buy was going to start doing and deals I with limited run. I completely forgot, and so one of so literally this this last Friday, which is Switch Switch game release day or whatever, um, was when Limited Run released the Toe Jam version. So I grabbed one of those. I, I haven't opened it. That's a cool one to own. Man. Yeah, I know. Like for me, like I still have my old Toe Jam and Roll games on the Genesis and stuff. So for me, I was like, yeah, this is one I want. Even if I don't open it, it's like it's one I want because I have the digital copy of it on PlayStation. So I don't know, but I was like, I still want it on my shelf with my Switch games. Yeah, and it wasn't that bad. I think it was like it was a thirty dollar game, and then I had a fifteen dollar cert. So I was like, yeah, fifteen bucks, absolutely, I'll throw it on my shelf. That's awesome. Yeah, and they had some like they had Chef's Brigade. They had um, what uh, what was the game called that was the prequel to um, oh darn it, what's the game that just came out that's a Castlevania successor? Oh, uh, Bloodstain. Bloodstain. They so had Curse of the Moon. Curse of the Moon yes. limited run. And the limited run for that looks, is that the one that had like the NES style box yes. art? Oh, yeah. man. But they were that out one of, is they cool. Were, they were out of that one. Oh, so man. That's if I a see cool that one, I will add, I'll, I'll pick that one up too if yeah. I can find it. So, but yeah, so there, if you're a limited run collector, these are legit limited runs. So when you look at the back, they're, they're actually like, you know, number 19 release of limited run or whatever. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're the same limited run that you would collect from their website or whatever when they release. So uh, it's a, just another way to grab some titles, not all of them, but some titles. I just feel like with these limited run games, Especially the ones that are good games, they're going to be valuable someday. Yeah. They already, because, some of them already are. Because collectors, if it is truly limited, and there's someone who wants a complete physical collection of yeah. Switch games, man, yep. those can be tough to get. Yep, and that's why for me, it's like I was looking at, I was looking at the ones they had there, and I was like, man, I might come back and pick a few more of these up because these, these are kind of cool. A lot of them come with like manuals and yeah. stuff, you know. They, Limited they, Run does a really good do. job putting together a package. Yeah, that really is a. For not necessarily paying what you consider a premium price, it's closer to a premium package. Yeah. I mean, when you buy like a collector's edition, yeah, you're paying over a hundred dollars for for stuff. But hey, if it's a game that maybe is an indie game, you can buy for twenty five dollars, then you buy the physical for thirty five or forty or whatever the limited run. You said you paid thirty for Toe Jam and yeah. Earl. That's a really fair price. And then you get the booklet. You you get some cool little knickknacks. Lots of people throw a keychain in there or something for you. It it is cool. Yeah, and we we met the uh, owners for uh, for limited run games at the conventions, 
you know, and you do realize, like, so how you were saying collector's editions are 100 bucks or 200 bucks, sometimes even more than that. Those are still manufactured by just giant companies and yeah. just just shoveled out there. What I what we noticed with Limited Run and and other companies that are doing s- stuff similar to Limited Run, um, is that they, a lot of them are just they're they are straight up gamers and they're straight up fans of a lot of the stuff. And so that when the opportunity comes to make a Toe Jam and Neural Limited Run, they like to work with those people and be like and help them create that physical product so yeah. they're the ones kind of giving that input of like what should go in the box and maybe what and even helping with the artwork and stuff like that so that's kind of cool that they they really are more hands-on nice. so it's cool all right that's gonna wrap it up for episode 270 of the gamezilla podcast now if you love spending the last hour with us and uh talking about current things happening in video games of course get in our discord keep the conversation going we have tons of channels playstation channel xbox channel nintendo channel and a bunch of other variety channels outside the world of gaming to talk with the members of our community from all around the world about whatever you feel like talking about but also don't forget we have other great shows gamesillamedia.com and spotify stitcher tune in anywhere that you listen to the games of the podcast you can listen to the legend of retro podcast noobs and dragons the last action podcast of course noiseland arcade and get all the details about those shows of in our discord and of course gamesillamedia.com oh, that's right and then of course we have things like youtube our blog st- our stream team with craig wk matrix on stage uh, spidey 2kx myself grim the dino a bunch of people always streaming uh you can find a lot of our details right on the streamer uh, page on the website which has been updated finally so if you go to the streamer page on gameslimedia.com you can find our links uh, to twitch to facebook wherever it is that we like to stream but also we've said this a lot but trust us join the discord because even in the discord these streamers have their own individual channels that alert you when they go live and you can interact with the streamers right in their channels talking about their streams or bog video games whatever it is you want to talk about they're there so um you know we have a ton of content if the podcasts aren't enough for you just head to the website you'll see everything else that we have to offer get in the discord there's an anime tv and movies channel you'll want to make sure that you're in that channel for when i start talking about the latest gift that grim got me <laughs> wildest street ball brawls presented by ghetto fights <laughs> Grimlock gave me this DVD before the show. That's where I'll be talking about That's why this. we're best friends. <laughs> I'm very excited to watch this, and I'll be talking about it in our Discord. So that's a, a little non-gaming related plug. He that you're was only so able to get excited there. to watch it that, that he tried his damnedest to see if any of the computers in the studio had a, had an optic drive so that we could watch it right in the, right before the show. I literally almost cracked open the recording computer cuz it has a drive it's just not con- connected to the power yeah. to the power uh, brick and I was like, "You know, I mean, we could probably do without a couple components <laughs> for us to just get to watch this for the pre-show." But. Absolutely. So, all right, well, thank you for hanging out on episode 270. We'll see you next time, but uh, remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news, and until next time, we'll see you at the Science Center on Thursday. Game on!